let's go. I'm a bulldog. Rob, so give me George a yeah, give me a HB TFD on the feed. Uh, and just let me know where you're coming from as well. Hope everybody can hear me okay. Um, if we say anything on this program at all that um, is worthy of a like or you'd like, uh, maybe hit that like button. I don't think we ever ask for like buttons anymore, but maybe that's kind of like um, touching the sign as you make the way out on the playing field. Uh, for good luck, we'll do it on just this rare occasion. But I'm Jeff Sintel, the host of Before the Hedges. It's our Wednesday night recruiting show. And as you see right there on your screens, we had a uh, – We I don't know if you saw some of this on Dog Nation earlier this week, but we had a really good conversation with Brock Vandegrift after his first uh, debut game of the year, a 42-7 to win for Prince Avenue Christian. We talked to him about his football game. We talked to him about uh, a lot of things, his haircut. I think he got his last hair chop uh, about a week or two ago. He got two inches cut off. Brock told me that that's the last haircut he's going to have before college. I would believe him on that. Um, he went for a big night. I think he ran for 107 and two scores. I think he threw for 240 and another four scores. Um, pretty efficient game, and you like it when the future leader of a program uh, puts up six touchdowns in the season opener and gives himself a B or a B minus for their performance. But we had a lot of things to talk to about Brock Vandegrift. We asked him for his, um, his perspective and what he actually thought about how that down low uh, secret recruiting weekend went about a couple of weeks ago. Very good interview with Brock Vandegrift. He was on his A interview game afterward, to say the least. Right now, here's Brock Vandegrift. Take a listen and what he had to say, especially those parts about Amarius Mims and what Corey Foreman said at the dinner table at Mellow Mushroom in Athens. I got a question. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, when I spoke to Amarius last time I spoke to him, man, he threw out some genuine love your way. He's like, man, he's going to know where I go before anybody. Mm-hmm. What's that relationship like? I mean, you could be that guy that's like, I want you to come block for me, or you could be a real person. Yes, sir. How do you feel that relationship has evolved? I say, I say I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't think it's evolved much. Like, from the start, me and Mims have been great friends. And all the coaches, after he spends a weekend, hey, what did he say about George? What did he say about hey we didn't talk about Georgia we just I mean it's genuine between me and Mims I love that I love the kid to death I'm gonna support him wherever he goes and uh, I, I probably will go to his commitment with uh, Peyton Shedd just I mean because I support him I love the kid and uh, we don't talk about ball much we talk about fishing talk about football and uh, we don't talk about college too much just living in the moment is he ever gonna be a five-star fisherman is he ever outfished you on a day like let's put this out into the world man okay. is he ever is he ever brought, brought home more on the hook absolutely not I mean Mims if if you're, if you're staying on the bank around it, you better watch out because he doesn't know where it's about to go. So uh, it's always interesting with him, but, I mean, it, it makes me laugh, so I love bringing him out there. I'd imagine the fish would get scared if he's close to the water. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, I want to talk about, you know, whatever you can talk about that weekend where I think all the fans are calling it the truck bed, you mm-hmm. know, five-star truck bed or whatever. What was your role in that, and how did that come together? I mean, you've done it a ton of times already, mm-hmm. but this was different. This was this is a major seismic point for the class. Yeah, yes, sir. What did you? How did you look at that? Uh, just, I mean, it goes back to being genuine with guys. Just, uh, I reached out to a bunch of guys and. Um, see who wanted to come in and that, that was the group we got and it ended up being a heck of a group 
I mean, uh, so that picture that went around, I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, one of my best friends from Prince, he's now at True McConnell. He was he was helping me drive him around because I mean, it's on me. Like I, that's who's hosting it. So he was helping us drive them around and. Uh, like we went and had dinner downtown and it was a great time like I think one of the waiters told us to calm down a little bit because we were laughing so hard throughout the whole dinner and it was a great night. Are you nervous about that? Like if, if you do a bad job I mean you know what I mean? That uh, yes sir. Things go south. <laughs> that's right I mean yeah I'm the dude in all the pictures I'm the guy that's taking them out I mean yeah. it, it's on me if they come or not but uh, that, that's another thing with me is like that, that's what that's what hurts Georgia now is just them not being able to see a game day atmosphere. Sanford Stadium on a Saturday is rocking. That that's the reason some dudes commit because of that atmosphere and just the fact that they're not able to uh, like see that. And I don't know if they're going to let recruits go or not. But just if that happens, we got to get them in Sanford Stadium because that that's a big selling point. Was it almost like I think Mason was coming in for a wedding or something like that? Was it almost like in, you're going okay, Corey's coming and mm-hmm. Terion's coming and mm-hmm. were you almost like this thing's like wildfire? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it was that Monday, Mason texted me, he said, I'm going to be in town. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, a different dude texted me every day. Like, Xavion, he texted me, he said, he texted me like that Thursday. He said, I'm just going to come up with Elsie. I said, do it. And so it, it just, it was better and better. Every day I checked my phone, another guy was coming. So th- th- those are all just pieces to the puzzle and uh, try to get us back in the top five. How do you think it went? What were you trying to accomplish? And do you think you moved the chains a little bit in their minds on Georgia? How would you break that down? I would say it went well. Just uh, all those friendships and Corey. He he looked us in the eye at dinner. He said, "I've never." He, uh, this is his exact words. He said, "I've never felt a vibe like this before." He said, "This group is special right here." And I mean, he he wasn't wrong. That group it was it was awesome. Whether I think we caught two fish within all of us combined, but just the fact that we were out there, we were riding four wheelers, just having a blast. Did you catch the two? Who caught the two? I did not. It was I think it was LC and Xavier because they they fished the whole time. I was I was trying to help other people out. Where was that picture in the truck bed? Was that on campus or was it at a park or where was that at? No sir, it was like uh, we went, we went where we went fishing, it was it was at that neighborhood right there. It was just right across the street. Now were you guys like, shh, no, this is not getting out? And then I think Corey probably put on his Snapchat. Was, yeah. Were you going to let the big guy Corey break the news? With, I, with the I, I was I was for sure not going to be the guy to post it because yeah. they would that would be like a bad look on Georgia for those guys. Sure. But uh, once they post I said, oh it's out there. So I, I had to post it out there too because that picture it, it's legendary. Like I took a I took a selfie of me, Mims, Corey, and Mason in uh in the back of the truck. We were going fishing yeah. and Peyton was driving. I said, 20 stars, one truck bed, and it was it was awesome. You had a view of what your recruiting was going to be like, especially your senior year. You had your Oklahoma thought, and now you got COVID. Mm-hmm. Does this make you feel I know you didn't plan it was going to be like this where you're basically hosting dudes all the time. Does it make you more invested? Does it make you feel a little bit more plugged in and bought into the class than maybe you ever thought you were going to be? Mm, yes, sir. Uh, just the main thing, like, I, you said it, I didn't know COVID was going to happen. And just looking back on it, it's just, I mean, that's God looking out for me. Like, I wouldn't be able to do this in Oklahoma. I'd probably make it to Oklahoma one time in this whole time. And just uh, being here, being in Athens, I can show them, I can show them what I know. I mean, I didn't know much about Norman, Oklahoma. I wouldn't be the be, be a good tour guide there. So, mm. I mean, it was here. And uh, it's just a blessing that everything worked out like that. How quickly into that weekend did you know it was working? Did, did, you know, you're sitting there going, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, uh, probably, probably fishing. Just yeah. everyone. It was just 
like that truck bed picture of all of us, we sat there and talked for probably an hour and a half, and I'm not even joking. Whether wow. it's from football to what music do you listen to to what we're about to fish with, it was a great conversation and it was a great group of guys. Did you go in knowing I'm not going to talk to them about Georgia at all if they have questions? I'm just going to show them I'm a dude mm-hmm. and I'm a guy that they, they might be in their wedding one day or something like that. Yeah. Is that the way you approach that? Uh, I would probably yes, sir. I would probably say that. Just I want to be a guy there. Yeah, if they have any questions, hit me up and let me know. But I wanted them to have a fun weekend. I want to show them what Athens is all about. And uh, it's a shame we couldn't get to meet with any of the coaches or anything because, I mean, they love relationships just as much as I do with coaches. But, uh, I mean, it was a great weekend, and uh, it was more like hospitality than it was tour guide. Hey, you might be too good at this recruiting stuff. If all those guys come, I could coach us and be like, man, what, what do we need yeah, to work sir. so hard? That's right. Um, Brock, in your own words, you got a message for the, all the fans out there. I mean, I think they see you're working. I mean, mm-hmm. how are you going about trying to build this class with a very unorthodox cycle? Uh, we're giving it all we got. I mean, we're doing exactly what we can. Um, so we're, we're bringing the best dudes in to every weekend. Or not every weekend, but probably as, as frequent as we can, whether it's taking them fishing, taking them out on the town. But uh, we're, we're trying to build a great class. Brock Vandegrift, five-star quarterback. I think he has five touchdowns tonight. He dropped the ball. He ran over a dude. Uh, we got to see Logan Johnson, Masterpiece Theater as well. Hey, Brock, thanks for your time today. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, guys, there you go. You had about seven good minutes there with uh, Brock Vandegrift. thought it was very interesting when he shared that story about the dinner table and what Corey Foreman said. I wanted to make sure you guys actually got to see what Brock looked like. Have him tell it to you. I know some of those quotes did appear on the pages of dognation.com earlier this week. But, uh, man, right there with Brock, you see a lot of juice there, a lot of energy and excitement. And I thought that first part where we uh, spoke about – uh, Amarius Mims, and he kind of shared his true feelings on that. Um, uh, I thought that was highly interesting, and it was interesting that Brock Vandergriff said he was going to be at Amarius' uh, commitment ceremony. I think if Big Mims still will have one in the age of COVID-19, um, he will still make the trip be, to be there to support him in whatever decision he chooses to make. Um, very interesting stuff there. Let me see. What else can I – gathered together you know Brock he actually knows Terry and Arnold too that's a name that will show up high again this week on our uh, dog nation top targets list I know that's something that's going to generate even more movement this week we had two names uh we had two names fall off there as well so uh what's going to happen you think you guys will have two new names two less names begin a very interesting to see what's going on there um again before the hedges tonight hope everybody's doing well What do you want to talk about? Throw a question in there. If I see it, I'll do the best I can to share with it, Um, share what I know on it. A couple things to share now. One, um, two commitments since we last spoke. One of those, the most recent, is Jackson Meeks. I think when we wrote about him late last week on uh, dognation.com, we were feeling a certain type of way about a commitment potentially being imminent for Jackson Meeks, and that's exactly what came to pass as he committed at uh, 9 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Uh, now, Meeks is interesting because we're going to show you a little bit of film here on Meeks, and I want you to take this with the before the hedges grain of salt here. As you watch this clip, and for you guys on Spotify and SoundCloud and the Apple podcast, sorry you can't visualize this, but this is a young man in his junior year. That's what the only huddle film out there is right now. Um, about 80% with a knee brace. Lots of, po- lots of people get this timeline on Meeks wrong. I want to make sure you guys know it crystal clear is his sophomore year, Jackson Meeks 
had a partial tear in his LCL and a tear of his ACL. It required season-ending surgery. He only got four games of his sophomore year. He came back the following year. Now, he was buried behind a couple of senior receivers, including E.J. Williams, who was on his way to Clemson. Um, but this year was the first year he got cleared, fully cleared to operate without the knee, bar- knee brace, and he's a different player. It's about 6'3", 205. He exploded for, I believe it was 23 catches, uh, 20 catches, I believe, and about and about 400 about 400 yards through his first uh, two games of high school football this year. He had five touchdowns. He had one call back. You don't know the story about him having it called back as he caught a, he caught one um, and he kind of was celebrating a little bit in the moment and the referees called that back. I thought that was an interesting call by the officials working that Alabama high school athletic association game because you're not supposed to call a touchdown back. You're supposed to assess the foul on the kick or the kickoff. So he only ended up with, uh, three uh, touchdowns in the season opener, but that was against a bona fide uh, regional Southeast Titan in Hoover High School. That type of film, that type of size can go a long way. I thought I thought Central Phoenix coach Patrick Nick summed up Jackson Meeks quite nicely when we spoke about him. Uh, and yes, that is that Patrick Nix, the one that played at Auburn, that started Auburn, um, went on to coach as an offensive coordinator for both Miami, the Miami Hurricanes, and Georgia Tech. Uh, now he's a high school coach. He coached his son, Bo Nix, to a couple of state championships in Metro Birmingham, and now he's the coach down in central Phoenix City, obviously trying to be around Bo as closely as he can there as well. But um, Patrick Nix said um, he's not the biggest, but he's very big. He's not the fastest, but he's very fast. Um, he's a guy that can break tackles. He's well in space. He can block. He gets, he's one of those receivers that gets an eight in all the categories across the board. He's not really deficient in any area. You would call him a complete all around receiver. Um, tremendously different player this year in his senior season. But the thing with Meeks, I know a lot of folks get kind of fooled into those rat trap rankings. Uh, Georgia now has only two wide receiver commitments for this class. <coughs> Excuse me there a second. I think those will be the only two wide receiver commitments for this class. and makes a lot of sense with Georgia taking five commitments at wide receiver in the previous cycle. And it was very – I thought I hope you guys, without name dropping and everything, you guys know who some of these receivers are in the state, not in the southeast that Georgia was looking at. For Georgia to take the commitment from Meeks after basically just offering him on August the 25th, we're talking about basically a two-week commitment journey there from the Georgia offer to a commitment. Now, he did take a visit in to see Athens this weekend and another one of those kind of secret down low-key visits. Got to watch some of the second scrimmage from the bridge. Um, But this one went pretty quick when there were a lot of um, highly regarded four-star wide receivers that Georgia had been courting with and talking and recruiting um, but wasn't able to generate a commitment or did not want to accept a commitment. Very intriguing that they accept one very quickly from Jackson Meeks. That should show you a lot about the type of potential for this young man. Uh, Like we said earlier, now another week, two of those commitments uh, have came off the board that were on the top targets week, top targets list last week. Let's look at this week's uh, top targets for the week of November the 9th. And we're going to have some fluctuation in that list again for this week on, excuse me, September the 9th. 
getting ahead of myself. Uh, moving down on the list, uh, number 10, we've only got 10 this year. This week is Kamari Lassiter out of American Christian. That's in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Big cornerback target. You got you hear a lot of Auburn with him now uh, with Kamari Lassiter. Um, another movement on the list, you'll see another name here, kind of drifting in a certain direction. That is five-star inside linebacker Schmile Munden Jr. out of Paulding County in Dallas, Georgia. He's dropped a couple of spots from where he was last week, which was, a, I guess, another general drop from where he spent maybe most of the summer at um, on our top targets list. Now, you guys might be encouraged by a name that moves up. That's four-star running back Donovan Edwards out of West Bloomfield, Michigan. Georgia recently offered his uh, teammate, who is a rising junior out of West Bloomfield as well. That name goes up. You're going you're gonna to hear about Donovan Edwards taking some unofficial self-guided on his own, um, on his own dime visits. I guess I should also call them the, the dime visits where it's on your own dime. Uh, he's going to visit Oklahoma and Georgia in the near future. That's something that he's been encouraged to do and he wants to do. Uh, Michigan is just now starting up their seasons again. Uh, Michigan, Oklahoma, Georgia, those feel like the schools there. A uh, name that moves uh, down this week is four-star defensive tackle Tyrion Ingram Dawkins out of Gaffney, South Carolina. He recently established his final four. We forgot to include his final four in our online chatter this week, but I'll give it to you really quickly. That final four is South Carolina, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Georgia. Um, now you guys might be harping about, Hey man, you do not like TID moving down that top targets list, but I think you'll give me the benefit of the doubt on this one, because that name, there goes that man, five-star defensive tackle Mason Smith out of Terrebonne high school in Terrebonne, uh, in Louisiana, that's in the Bayou. That's about maybe an hour outside of new Orleans. If you're driving, uh, I know that's a daunting name to look at, but Terrebonne, like, you block it, the offensive lineman was so challenged uh, to block the five-star defensive tackle that he he was tearing a bone in in his in his in his arm trying to keep up with five-star Mason Smith. And now, for everybody out there, I'll make sure we get this one right. This is an official before the hedges uh, clarified official pronunciation. I know my boy um, Brandon Adams always likes to get those pronunciations right. It's Homa, Louisiana like home and then throw an A on there. We had a very detailed uh, Mason Smith story go up this morning on dognation.com. There will be another edition of a very, really interesting things that Mason Smith continued to say, I guess last um, today's version with today's version, which was the first chapter, I would call that the Mason Smith story starter kit. I always said to myself and with, with you good readers that, you know, you've been hearing a lot of chatter about Mason Smith, but I didn't want to write something about Mason Smith because I'm not chasing clicks. I'm not chasing headline gold. I didn't want to write something about Mason Smith until it moves from um, impossible to difficult to possible. And I think that's why I wanted to write something about Mason Smith this week because um, now, folks, it's going to take a weight belt. It's going to take maybe Bigfoot to tractor pull Mason Smith out of Homa, Louisiana, away from LSU, uh, and maybe get him to go out of state and play with his good friend Corey Foreman. But um, I think Georgia's got the engines revved up. They're certainly going to try. Another name that moves up this week on the top targets list as we scroll to the, the first slide, that would be Xavier Sori Jr. He was another one of those gentlemen that was in on the secret recruiting weekend in Athens, Georgia. 
He moves up. You got the four-star Nyland Green out of Covington. Good thing for um, Rockdale and, I guess, Newton County, that area. Newton is back practicing, about to play their first game a little bit later this month. The third name on the list is another elite All-American DB. That is Terrian Arnold out of John Paul Catholic in Tallahassee, Florida. Terrian lost his first game of the year. His high school team, which is basically only has about 20, 25 guys on the team, they were sorely outmatched, and they lost 50 to nothing. But um, Terry and Arnold was still able to make some plays there. The number two name on the list, the one we just mentioned, was Corey Foreman. Did everybody see uh, that quote uh, in the DogNation.com story? If you haven't seen it, go read it. It's on the pages of the world-famous DogNation.com. But Mason Smith on Corey Foreman said that he will 100% play college football with Corey Foreman. Mason called Corey Foreman a brother, and that he said that the chances of them um, and the chatter from the two of them talking about playing together have, in college has actually gone up, gone up over the last couple of weeks and months and not grown apart as what it usually does right there. So what would you guys think about that? Let me, let me hear what you say in the comment section below. Did you think that was legit? Was that one of the more eye-opening quotes, comments of the piece? There was a lot of stuff in there about LSU. There was a lot of stuff in there about uh, how he doesn't um, feel the pressure anymore because he told LSU point blank period that he's he's not going to make a decision until December the 16th. So there's no use pressuring him about when to commit and to go ahead and commit. He said that LSU pressures uh, has pressured him to commit more than any other school. And for if you want to know how that feels for a Georgia fan or what a Georgia fan that's listening to that and reading that and deciphering that it should feel like, well, I think – I think the longer it goes, the, the better chances Georgia has. And if, and I'm just going to say if, if Georgia is actually able to pull that recruiting feat off, um, it, it's not going to be as hard as most might think because he's not going to make his decision until December the 16th. And then he will, he will sign that day and it'll be over with. There will be no crying over spilled milk or no 11th hour haymakers to try and reverse anything. Um, that should be one of those days where everybody's watching to see when the facts comes in and when it's shared by the LSU or the University of Georgia or Miami or USC or Oregon um, and all those schools right there. But um, be very interesting to see. Obviously, everybody's going to be watching that. The Foreman, Mims, potential pairing of a package deal. That's always exciting. It very, very rarely happens. Um, also, number one, again, for another week, you, you heard Brock Vandegrift talk about Mount, his good friend Mount Mims there as well. Um, Amarius Mims is number one on our countdown again for another consecutive week. Um, and, you know, this is, seems like a good time for us. Everybody's got football starting up tomorrow. How's everybody feel about that in the NFL? I did a couple of fantasy drafts on Monday, actually, trying to get all that stuff in. But um, lots to talk about there with the football starting to get rolling and get moving. But at this point in our broadcast and our stream and our podcast, everybody that's listening, I want to take the time to thank everybody for listening. Thanks for hanging out as we try to give you the goods as, as much as we can as we're allowed to share or we want to share or we feel it's prudent to share about Georgia football recruiting in the 2021 class and the 2022 class. Thanks to everybody for joining us. And speaking of thanks, now is our time to uh, get a special message um, from Kroger, and we're so thankful for them each and every week for sponsoring the Before the Hedges show here on Dog Nation. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but first, a quick word from Kroger. 
Kroger has made shopping for the groceries and household essential items that you need even easier by offering free pickup. Just shop online, choose a pickup time convenient for you, and Kroger will carefully pick out your order and bring it to your vehicle when you arrive. So the next time you're ready to shop at Kroger, take advantage of the free pickup. It's just another way that Kroger is fresh for everyone. All right, guys. So we, we were discussing, um, looking at YouTube right now, and uh, look at that stuff from Kroger right there. I'll tell you what, personal experiences here from Kroger. I mean, my wife, she's one of those. I don't know if you guys are like my wife, but God bless her. She's always trying to save those bucks for the family. She's trying to clip her coupons and her digital coupons. And sometimes when you're doing the click list and you want to pull in and they bring out your groceries, sometimes they don't have the, the item that's the coupon or sometimes that they, they they don't have the right size or they're out of it. And then they were like, I was planning on doing this and the substitutions are really hard to happen. Here's what Kroger does from experience. They have this thing called a make it right thing where they, they just customer service gesture, going to call that some five-star customer service there. They just make it right. They go, Oh, we didn't have that. Okay. We can't use that coupon, but you're planning to no problem. I think my wife got a $5 make it right gesture on some of the inconveniences that were not there in her order. And, she looks at that receipt every week and she's like, I don't know how we save this much money at Kroger and our grocery bill looks like that with a, with a intrepid reporter. You got a, a wife, you got a dog named Peaches, you got a 12 year old son. It's almost five foot nine, five foot 10 now. And you got a young lady named a uh, young daughter who's 13 that thinks she's the world's next greatest author. Sure hope so about that. Somehow Kroger keeps us all fed. But I was I was wanting to pull up some things that I'm just reading right here on YouTube and try to get to a couple of questions. We got people saying, Kang, um, everybody's taking a look. Um, uh, Robert D. Felice has got a question. If any idea if Brock plans to host some more recruiting weekends, he's already rec- hosted many recruiting weekends. I think he's up to three right now. It's not a one off. He will probably host some more as well. And anytime he possibly can, that's what he wants to do for the class. Um, Colby Curry says with what Corey said about the vibe he felt with those group of dogs, he thinks that's a good sign for the dogs. That was one of the most interesting, um, parts of that interview with Brock to say the least. Um, Brian McPhail wants to know if Jeff, if Georgia pulls in that top five, does that put us at number one or number two? I think it's at least number two, depending on some other re-ranks. Um, and then Rhett Romack, well, Romack saw some big hints in the article. Uh, he believes it'll be a dog fight for him till early signing day, but they are going to play together. Um, uh, Robert D. Felice has a SoFla dog uh, 306 in his class calculator. Um, and, you know, Robert D. Felice had another good point. Um, he thought Mason's big quote, in his opinion, was about how it was never his dream to play at LSU, unlike so many Louisiana boys. Uh, Brian McPhail, I would agree with you when it, I, I would say that it certainly seems like Georgia has a shot. Uh, Steve Walden has a question. I think Steve, um, I know there's some people out there throwing some, uh, numbers around about the number of silent commitments. I would say that, um, I wonder what specific class they're talking about. Um, cause my math might be a little bit different than that one. Um, Uh, got some people uh, talking about Auburn, talking about Georgia football is cursed. Uh, Tim Hope, man, I appreciate you, man. Thanks. I'm glad you like that coverage. There's going to be more of that on the way. Well, 
I do think there's a real chance there. I really do. Otherwise I wouldn't have written that story. And really, I, I just think the way I tried to lay out that story guys was that, um, you know, I'm a big as a writer and as an author and a storyteller, I'm really big about, um, not just telling, telling, telling and preaching. I like to show, I like to provide the details that shape my thoughts. And if you saw through that story, um, from the beginning with Mason's first name, that extra a and how, um, it seems everybody he knows wants to go to college and study in business. He wants to do sports broadcasting, um, how package deals are not supposed to happen, how he works out with a bunch of uh, speed guys and bigs and defensive linemen aren't supposed to do that. There's really a strong pattern in his life of him wanting to do his own thing and him wanting to be his own trailblazer. That's why, you know, he didn't have a dream school as LSU growing up. And I think that's sort of the thing that kind of opens up the door a little bit for George's chances. And I'll give you a sneak preview of tomorrow's uh, story. You know, one of the things Mason Smith told me is like, Georgia had kind of given up on him. You know, you could put your own Larry Munson quote in there and say like, you know, they were dead, admit it, you knew it, we were dead. Um, you were left the stadium and Georgia just kind of thought that with LSU winning the national championship in a dominating flair and fashion that they had no shot. And it was actually Mason Smith who reached back out to Trey Scott who sort of resuscitated his recruitment. And he said, hey, man, just thinking about you. I wanted to know, can't wait to visit. I wanted to come on a visit. Um, and that was really, you know, you could call it the defibrillator on the recruitment. But with Georgia and Mason Smith, he was the guy that kind of jump-started things back there um, between, um, between Trey Scott, uh, Mason Smith's recruitment with, to the University of Georgia. I thought that was very interesting, kind of rip-rolling through all that. Um, as well. And again, guys, I want to make sure that you guys um, notice, if you guys didn't notice, I think the Jackson Meeks decision, it moved Georgia up from number 11 in the 24-7 sports composite team rankings all the way up to number eight, uh, even with a couple of five, three stars on the way. Let's take a look right now. I want you guys to make sure you see it every week. Georgia now has 16 public commits. I think I say that every week. So now up to number eight nationally. I think with the next commit, uh, Georgia will jump over both Tennessee and Florida, those guys that had all those guys, all those three-star recruits um, stocked away early in the recruiting cycle with the coronavirus, even though they have much fewer commitments than both Tennessee and Florida. Georgia should pass both of their schools, those schools, um, with their next commitment. Let's look through the board right there. There's the Brock Vandegrift up at the top class leader. Um, I think some people have called him the Fisher because he's fishing in. Uh, I like that. Whoever said that on Facebook, as I saw it while I was scrolling um, props to you, shout out to you. Um, the Fisher of the five stars in this class, Micah Morris still remains the number two guy in the class for uh, the near future. Uh, David Daniel, uh, none, none of these rankings have changed. There was a big re-rank last week, Dylan Fairchild, Brock Bowers, Lavassier Carroll, Jonathan Jefferson, Elijah Judy, Jamon Dumas Johnson, Dejan Nugget Warren. Folks, if you guys, I appreciate everybody tuning in every week, but if you missed one, if you missed last week, go find it on uh, YouTube, go find it on Facebook, go find it on SoundCloud, Spotify, or the Apple Podcast platform. That was one of our most fun shows to do. Uh, Chaz Chambliss and Carrollton, Adane Mitchell out of Antioch, Tennessee, Jared Wilson. Here's all the three stars now, Marlon Dean. Marlon was the other commitment over the last few days, uh, Marlon, who's now at ING Academy, um, committed back to Georgia to start putting together that defensive line for Trey, Squat, Trey Scott. And maybe, 
you know, folks, we might be entering a time period where the Great Wall um, of Georgia, you might be talking about the defensive line now with what Trey Scott is putting together. If he could get Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, Jonathan Jefferson, Marlon Dean, and then add a Mason Smith to that and a Corey Foreman out there on the edge, uh, that would be a great wall indeed. Javon Bullard, uh, the corner safety type out of Baldwin, he's there as well. And then the last guy, the lowest rated guy on the class. It was very rare to see Georgia with a commitment from a guy that's not even among the top thousand players in the country. But again, those ratings are for the Jackson Meeks of 2019 at 80% playing with a knee brace. I think that guy is a brand new man and a brand new recruit uh, compared to what he's put on film. So far, you have Jackson Meeks there is the lowest rated recruit in the class, but he is the most recent recruit in the class. Um, there you go right now. Now's the time I want to move to – this is the tweets. We call it online chatter. These are the tweets that I thought were – that were certainly of interest that I wanted to show to everybody. Uh, let's start off with, I think, my favorite one over the last week. And uh, I, I hope you guys can take a look at this. This was an edit, and a lot of people get confused about it maybe being David Daniel in the far right. But it's not David Daniel. It's actually Tyrion Arnold. But you see there, that's a remake of, you know, really good digital – digital art there and these digital presentation and you know imagery right there from the georgia football graphics department look what they've done there with the old school junkyard dogs motif um they've got um, brock vandegrift's in there mason smith's in there Corey foreman's in there lavoisier carroll's in there a lot of big pieces of that class is in there Xavier sorry um i thought it was a really that was a really fun edit and a really cool edit and i always applaud creative folks like that that can combine the new with the old and bridge it together so seamlessly. Uh, the next ed edit is from Emory Floyd. This is a 2022 uh, safety, plays safety now for Hillgrove High in Cobb County, but he's going to be a corner in college. Georgia just offered him, folks, and I'm going to tell you, I'm not one for hyperbole. I'm just going to give it to you straight, no chaser. Emory Floyd might be the fastest football player in Georgia, if not the Southeast. Why do I say that? Well, he's about 6'2", 175, 178. But this summer, track guy, this summer, he ran a 21.13. That was official mile split times. 21.13 in the summer, in the summer before his junior season. Man, that's stupid fast, as I like to use that word a lot to describe things that kind of blow my mind that just make – that shouldn't be happening. It's so stupid. But um, Emory Floyd right there, Georgia has given a significant offer to him. I want to make sure you guys see the commitment tweets from the last week. The first one is from Jackson Meeks. Look at Jackson right there. That's the three-star wide receiver out of Central Phoenix. Um, he talks about his walk, and he talks about his journey, and the thank, the gratitude he has in his heart and his mind for um, uh, the chance to uh, play for a school like Georgia, who'd really just turned up the love right after Georgia offered. You know, Jackson, we were trying to get him on the show tonight going to try and roll him over to the show next week. He said he had a paper to write tonight. So all you guys just cross your fingers that that paper comes out well. Jackson's a good dude. I'm sure it will. But, you know, and for those of you that don't have papers to think about and papers to write on a Wednesday night, just be, be thankful and comfortable. Kick back and maybe, you know, put your hands behind your head and be comfortable in your own skin that that's no longer a part of your life anymore. Uh, the other commitment to talk about is Marlon Dean. That's the three-star Elberton, Georgia. He's actually from Bowman. That's the same hometown that um, Miko Hardman's from. 
Nico actually gave him some advice before his first commitment to Georgia, and now Dean is back a part of this class. Dean told me that, you know, really Georgia just never stopped, and you know that was a, this was a decommitment that Kirby Smart didn't want to see, and they kept recruiting him hard. They kept showing interest, and he just realized that Georgia was the place he needed to be and needed to return to and stay in the fold there in the class. Um, this is interesting. I want to just see this tweet here. I'm going to call it the Skittles tweet. It's from Jordan Gilbert. Um, he is a defensive back, another boot boy out of Louisiana. Here's why I think this is intriguing. There's no offer yet, at least no public offer yet for um, Jordan Gilbert. And yet Georgia sent out one of those edits uh, as a means of recruiting him. Jordan Gilbert is actually out of Louisiana, the same high school in Baton Rouge, which produced Micaiah Tongue and sent Micaiah Tongue to Georgia. Um, look at that. The Skittles effort is very clever, but it's also it's also a seamless connection because um, Jordan Gilbert is a player, come to know him a little bit, and he's a guy that will um, eat Skittles all the time, pregame, in the middle of a game, all the time, and that's why you see that Skittles edit right here. Uh, last couple of tweets I want to point you guys to is a couple here. Let's look at uh, – the first one is, uh, I believe this is a flare pass from uh, IMGA football. You see Lavoisier Carroll catching a ball out of the backfield. I think I think IMG, they got back on the on the docket for their season in 2021. Lavoisier caught, scored a touchdown and caught a touchdown pass. I think it was a 46-13 to 13 win or a 49-16 to 16 win against Venice, Florida. That was a rousing opener for uh, IMG Academy, which now has Marlon Dean, Lavoisier Carroll, it has um, uh, Tyler Booker, a big tackle to look at in the 2022 class. It has Xavier Sori as well in the uh, 2021 class. A lot of potential Bulldogs and future Bulldogs are on that roster right now. And if you, did, if you guys didn't see them in the, tw in the Brock Vandegrift one-on-one uh, -on -one interview at the beginning of our show, I'm going to give you guys another chance to take a look at it right here. The first one I'm going to show you is that kind of fumble ruski play right here. If anybody wants to know about the type of athlete that George is getting here in the 2021 class, you know, Brock's just not a guy. I mean, I think his bench press is 315. He power cleans 305. His squat is 415. But looking at being an athlete right here, ball goes low. He called it a fumble ruski play. Look at him pick it up, eyes downfield, getting back to the line of scrimmage. He actually turns that into a 20-yard gain. Um Stupid play. I'm using that one again tonight. A crazy play, an impressive play there for Brock Vandegrift. Turns that into a 20-yard gain. Uh, and the next one I want to show you is the one that really caught some viral activity over the weekend, especially Friday night. I think this thing had 6,000 views on my Twitter account um, by halftime of that game when it happened late in the first quarter. Look at him right here. He'd missed the, the, the ball was dropped on a slant play on the previous snap. So then Brock Vandegrift takes it out wide on like a kind of play that was designed for him to go to the C-gap. Didn't really trust himself to get the C-gap, so he goes out wide. Now you see all Brock right there. You see fierceness. You see physicality. You see determination. You see the fire afterward. Um, after he makes a play right there, got a lot of folks excited as Prince Avenue rolled to a 42-7 win against Calvary Day. Calvary Day actually wasn't a, you know, wasn't a joke team there. That I know that was a lopsided score, but Prince Avenue is considered a, a, one of the co-favorites for the Class 1A private state title in Georgia led by uh, Brock Vandegrift. And uh, Calvary Day had some big athletes, some guy with some size and athleticism. And uh, they were, you know, missed a play here, missed a play there, had a hard time extending drives. But um, Prince Avenue, the Wolverines had their way with them 
And, um, you know, very interesting. I think this week's game – I want to talk a little bit about this week's game between um, Rabin County hosting Prince Avenue Christian. Uh, if anybody's going to that game, um, I think I saw a couple guys mention on the feed that they were going to that game or they were going to watch the game. Guys, I think that's must-see TV for any football fan on uh, Friday night. I think it's the best football game in the state of Georgia this month outside of the two, two of the games that the Falcons will play, one of those against the Seahawks. Um, I think that's very, very good game. And I, I imagine it's going to be a game kind of like the Eagles landing game from a year ago. Um, hold on a second. That's my crazy dog barking. Sometimes you just got to do that. Sometimes you just got to do that. But anyway, that Eagles landing game last year with um, Justin Robinson and Eagles landing, Elka would go on to be a five-time state title winner last year. But boy, Prince Avenue gave him a fight. It was an overtime game, I believe, 62-57. to 57. Brock Vandergriff had five touchdowns, did all he could. I think he amounted for 525 yards passing in that game. I would imagine Gunner Brock part one. I'm going to call it part one because I know we'll see it again in college football, maybe a couple years down the line, uh, maybe three years down the line. But, like, that's going to be a 41-38 to 38 game, a thriller. I think both defenses will be a little bit better. Prince Avenue's defense is a lot better, but. There's going to be a lot of points put up in that game, especially when you have Rabin County um, at their home confines there in uh, beautiful Tiger, Georgia. If you guys never been to Rabin County, take your family there on a weekend, especially in the fall. It is beautiful. It is God's country out there as well. Um, pretty full show, guys. I want to uh, – <laughs> James Crump is getting on to me about the dog. Uh, Noah, thanks, man. Appreciate the T-shirt. Uh, shout out. Uh, <laughs> what's up everybody i'm looking for uh questions everybody's talking about vandegrift stockton um uh, you know what shelton tucker you're not wrong with your comment there about carson beck um uh, checking for facebook comments you guys got any more uh let me see what YouTube has to offer. You guys have questions. Uh, let me see what I can do to bring you some information. Uh, <laughs> Bill McConnell wants to see the dog. That's pretty funny. Um, Elite GB, man. How's everything going, man? Hope everything's good with you and the Elite GB family. That's a good, da good dog right there for sure. Um... Everybody, we've got some uh, got a, another episode of West Side Story. It looks like here in the um, in the comment section, uh, a lot of Florida guys, a lot of stuff like that. Um, all right, guys. Anyway, um, Pate Beast has a question about Arian Smith. I think Arian Smith's a guy you're going to hear a lot about, maybe in October, not right in September. And the practice is right now. He's working his way back from not one but two surgeries and injuries over this offseason. When he does, I think he might be one of the best go-ball receivers just in terms of pure, straight, unadulterated, uh, blinding speed, the nine routes. I think he will add something that um, Georgia still needs to add another stick of dynamite to their offense. I think Arian Smith will do that. I think Arian Smith might end up being the most lethal punt returner in, on the team, especially around November or so. 
Um, what's up there, Sandy Puckett? What did I get an old log for? What did I do? What did I not do? Um, uh, anyway, I hope, guys, hey, man, thanks to Kroger. Thanks to everybody for joining us. Um, you guys go get those good groceries from those good folks at Kroger. Um, check out the Dog Nation Forum. There's some of that intel drip in there every day, every couple hours, every hour. Um, tomorrow we're going to have a story. Let me see what I can cook up for tomorrow. You know, we got Cover 4 Live tomorrow. New time for Cover 4 Live, guys. I think we've been trendsetters here with Before the Hedges, and I got to thank my buddy Mike Griffith as well because he's kind of shown us the way uh, about, you know, you folks want to watch more Dog Nation program, but you'd rather watch it not around dinner time, not when you're driving home, but at night when you guys are kicking back, unwinded, and you want to you get that jolt, that IV of Georgia football whenever you can. Um, that's what we're here for. Cover for tomorrow. going to be a new time, and we're going to stick it this time as the season jumps off now as well. 7.30 on Thursday nights. That's when we're going to do our cover four live. you got Brandon Adams uh, tomorrow morning uh, at 10 a.m. on Dog Nation Daily. I'm going to have another Mason Smith Chronicle that goes up tomorrow as well, and I might try to find another good story for that I can put on the pages of dognation.com as well. Folks, it's been another show. We've heard from Brock the Rock, Brock Star, the Fisher, Brock Lobster, whatever everybody wants to call him. I called him a very good interview in that sit-down he had there with, with Dog Nation or that stand-up interview with Dog Nation. I really appreciated his time after his season opening game. From all of us at Dog Nation and those good folks at Crowley, I want to thank everybody for joining us on another Wednesday Night Live. I hope um, everybody has a good one, a good evening, and a good day uh, tomorrow. And also, shout-out to Michael Carvel behind the glass. Uh, for his work producing that show and punching all the buttons and make everything flow smoothly for our show each and every week. I'm Jeff. See all you dogs later on the pages of dognation.com. Have a great night, everybody. Let's go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle.